Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEELS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEELS. Food Heals Podcast, Episode 169. All the earth signs love stability. They love routine. That's Taurus, Capricorn, and Virgo. Fire signs, Allie. People that have a lot of fire in them need to move. Like, it's not a question of should or should I not do exercise. No, it's you need to be moving. Allie, you should be running in place right now. (laughs) I know. I mean, why aren't I on a treadmill while I'm doing the podcast? (laughs) Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you've experienced any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. And today we're talking to two of our favorite fitness experts to find out how to optimize our workouts and up-level our health. First, we're talking to the sexy, fit, vegan Ella Majors about how to turn your body into a belly fat burning machine. And then we'll be back with Fit to Love podcast host JJ Plazanes and bust some of the common exercise myths you may be buying into. But first, (laughs) if you feel like You've tried everything and you still aren't losing weight. I know we've all felt this way. JJ has created the Invisible Fitness Formula Transformation just for you, Food Heals Nation. Imagine discovering a proven formula for total wellness so you can finally release the weight and experience true happiness and deep fulfillment without starving or depriving yourself or working out seven days a week. True happiness and deep fulfillment. I'm picturing myself on a mountain right now, just like, oh, meditating. I know. (laughs) That's not exactly (laughs) what this is, though, but it's just about, you know, mind, body, spirit. So in her transformational program, you're going to get one-on-one training for five full months with JJ herself, and she's been named the best personal trainer in Los Angeles. You'll also get the Invisible Fitness Academy, which has trainings, accountability partners, and a community of others who are on a transformational journey as well. You'll get emotional, spiritual, physical, and nutritional support on monthly coaching calls with JJ. And don't worry, whatever diet you follow, whether you're vegan, vegetarian, paleo, gluten-free, whatever you are, she's going to help you optimize your nutrition and customize a plan just for you. Plus, we've got bonuses. So bonuses! If you sign up by September 30th, we'll also give you our instructional ebook on how to do a juice cleanse, plus a shopping list, plus a schedule, so you can jumpstart your health and weight loss goals. And we're giving you five months exclusive access into the Food Heals VIP Club, so you'll be getting inspirational bonus podcast episodes from us while you are transforming your body with JJ. Find it's so out- exclusive. It's so exclusive. <laughs> Find out more at foodhealsnation.com slash JJ. Next up, we're talking fat-burning diet and workout tips with Ella Majors and busting common exercise myths with JJ Flazane. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. 
I love working out Food Heals Nation. I'm on Class Pass, so it's not a typical gym membership. It's kind of where you can hop around to different studios throughout the city, and it lets me, you know, work out at all different places. I do Pilates, yoga, go to gyms. I can try all different kinds of classes. Like I went to a dance class recently, and I take classes that really appeal to me and that I enjoy. But to be honest, I have to admit, I have no strategy. I don't know what I'm doing. So that's why I'm really <laughs> glad we're talking to two of the most knowledgeable ladies we know about exercise and working out and really how to do it with a strategy. Named one of Shape Magazine's 50 Hottest Trainers in America, the sexy fit vegan Ella Majors is a plant-powered lifestyle coach motivated by her deep-rooted drive to save animals while helping people become fit and healthy from the inside out. Welcome, Ella. Thank you guys for having me. So glad to have you. Let's just break it down. We all want flat tummies. I mean, it's just a given. We're women. How do we get them? (laughs) <laughs> well, let's talk about why Why does our fat go there? Well, you know, it's funny because everybody has their, like, you know, spots, their trouble right. spots. Right. And for some people, for a lot of people, that is around the midsection. And so we wear, like, those shirts that pregnant women wear to, like, cover them up. And we, we go through all sorts of things. But sometimes also people, you know, have, um, especially women, around the hips and around the, the thighs. So everybody's kind of got a different area that they're most concerned about. It just so happens that the midsection is a very popular one, that's, I would that's, say. For me, when my weight fluctuates, that's the first That's the first thing to go. It's the stomach that's and the boobs for me. <laughs> yeah? I have like different bra sizes for my weight fluctuations. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, it's like, it's like when you gain weight, you gain it like where you don't want it. And then when you lose it, you're like, oh, there goes my boobs. I and know. My butt. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't get to choose like that. So yeah, it's so funny. So how do we turn our bodies into fat belly burning machines? So what do you guys think about when, when I would say, okay, let's go get some abs. What would you think would be like the, your first reaction of what, what do I need to go do? Crunches, sit-ups, yeah. Right. So that's like the most common answer. People, oh, I got to go do a million crunches. So there's a few problems with that. So we need to look at that. That we don't, we need to like expand our minds about what the tummy, like a flat tummy means. Okay. And unfortunately, because... Crunches are pretty easy to do. You can do all the crunches in the world. You can do all the ab exercises in the world. But think about it. If you have this, a layer of fat on top of those muscles, you're not going to have flat abs. You know, right? so I know that. I have really good abs. They're I just, do too. They're just they're under, under the fat. Yeah, they're under a nice little layer. <laughs> they're hiding. Yeah. They're hiding, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so we have to learn to like get rid of what's on top. So yes, we need a strong core. So, you know, one, one thing, if you're looking at kind of the rock solid things to do, absolutely, you know, ab exercises are one. And like, if you kind of look at more of a core work, so that's working really your core is from your shoulders all the way down um, under your hips. Mm -hmm. That's your core. And in the problem with like doing just ab exercises and just doing a million crunches every day, trying to get those abs Number one, again, like if you don't have what's on the the fat on top, if that's not gone, you're never going to see them. Number two, you're going to develop imbalances in the body. Mm. So if you're working abs, 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 think about your abs getting tighter, tighter, tighter. What's getting looser, looser? Your back. Your back. 
Exactly. So how many people out there a have plus for me. I was, was going to say that. <laughs> well, I know right? I know a bit of physiology for massage therapy. I know that you know every every muscle muscles have pairs mm-hmm. and exactly. they always work synergistically. If one does one one action, there's always another that does the opposite. Mm-hmm. And if one and if one of those is too t- so for the the abs, the core, it's the opposite is the back. The back ex- the back extends the abs Wait, hold on. The abs, <laughs> I have to think about this. The abs contract our spine and, the, and our back extends the spine. Mm-hmm. Right, Ella? Right, exactly, exactly. So if we're creating that imbalance, that's when the lower back pain comes. That's when we start to like have that hunch, you know, the hunchback mm-hmm. is because we a lot of times tighten the front side of our body because that's what we're concerned about. That's what we look down and see. We just both sat up straight when you said hunchback. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then we're sitting over desks all day and and our back's getting looser and our, our front side's getting tighter. And then we develop bad posture. We develop awful habits. And it's really not going to do any good in the long run. So it's important to, number one, when we are looking at exercises, yes, ab exercises are important. Um, but also to make sure that you're balancing out your back. Because who cares if you have nice abs if you've got a big hunchback, right? Sure. I've so. never heard of that being in. That's, <laughs> that's never not, been a, yeah, They've had the bustle for the... Ever get in. They've had the bustle for the big butt. They've had corsets. I've never heard of the, the, the hunchback. <laughs> well, they have had shoulder pads. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, so that's just one thing to take into consideration. So sure, yes, ab exercises are great, and there's a million of them out there, and you can do lots of amazing abs exercises where you're like bending back over, um, getting full extension, full range of motion by using like a BOSU ball or, or, you know, the big exercise ball so you get full extension. So, yes, those exercises are great, but those are easy. You can look those up and you can just start doing them. Those, that's the easy part. The hard part is getting the diet right. Unfortunately, that's what gonna, it's going to come down to in the end. So, number one, getting rid of really – actually, I like, to, I like to talk about what you do fill your plate with as opposed to what you take away from your plate. Mm-hmm. And what we do want to fill our plates with is the most nutrient-dense – like if you say, what should I be eating on a daily basis? How many nutrient-dense whole plant foods can you get on your plate in one day? Mm-hmm. When you're getting all those nutrients in your body, that's when your body can kind of let go of the extra body fat. And if you're not getting those nutrients, that's not going to happen. So the diet part is so huge in cutting empty calories from your diet. I always tell people you can't outrun your fork. Mm. Um, so, so what does that mean? It means that no matter how hard you can be working out, out you know, hours a day and running your body down and overtraining and doing all these things that are going to ultimately break your body down. But yes, burning a ton of calories. But then you sit down and eat one junk meal and you've got like 1,200 calories. Do you know how long it takes like doing a cardio workout to burn off 1,200 calories and how much work that is? I don't want to know. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I've tried out Orange Theory Fitness, um, which is a, like uh-huh. a national and now international chain. I saw them yeah. in Canada. And they track. They put a nice heart monitor on you. And it's an intense uh, circuit training workout. It's great. And I loved it. You know, I burned a lot of calories. I was really pushing myself. And it was, you know, like 500 and that's a lot for an hour, I think. And it was taxing. It was a taxing right. workout. So yes, if you have a, one meal of twelve hundred, it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you do, do burpees ever? Like yep. yes. Loves burpees, right? Yes. Yeah. So so think about how many burpees it would take if we're looking at just the calorie aspect to burn off um, three Oreo cookies, which are vegan. Three little Oreo cookies. Like how many burpees about would you have to do to burn off those calories? I'm gonna say ninety. Um, I'm going to say 120. Yeah, about uh, over 100. We're so three close. Cookers. So if we, 
yeah, if we if we start to look at that and be like, okay, are these three Oreo cookies? Because, and I'm not looking at calories of, like, when we're talking about calorie quality, then we don't have to worry about it so much. But when you're looking at empty calories that are just going in, they're doing nothing good for you, then those are empty calories that do need to get burned off or they turn into fat. So, yeah, if you think about eating three little cookies, which can take five minutes and not, of course, fill you up or anything, and then you have to go do 120 burpees, like, you know, then you start to think, is that really, is that really worth it? And how fast those can add up, those, those empty calories can add up and start to put on the fat. And then, and then to take it off, you know, you do need that calorie deficit. But again, I always stress quality. If you focus on the quality of the food you're putting in your mouth, as opposed to, oh, I have to take away potato chips, like you're going to fill your plate and you're going to be full and satisfied. And then you can, yeah, you can work in your treats. I like to go have a beer. Like I just had a, a cocktail at a vegan bistro opening. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay to go and do those things, but in a big balance sense. And I always tell my clients, it's about finding the right balance for you. What are you willing to do? How strict are you willing to be? And, and not to give up your social life and to still have a life and still have fun and enjoy being social with your friends and your family and holidays. You, d- you don't need to give all that up in order to have apps. I agree. And, and it's, yeah, if you get that balance, you got to find that balanced lifestyle that works for you. And everybody's body works a little different. Some people are naturally burn fat easier than other people. So, you know, we're all born with slightly different body types. And for some people also like eating um, a high carb diet, that works really well for them. For me, that doesn't work for me. And I've experimented a lot over the last, I've been vegan for 22 years Mm -hmm. and into fitness since I was five years old. So I've been in the fitness industry experimenting with my diet and with my clients' diets to see that not everybody, like when people are like, how many grams of protein do I need? How many grams of carbs do I need to lean out? It's unfortunately, it'd be easy to say like, oh, you need exactly this many. And number one, that's not sustainable. Who wants to count the number of grams of protein you're eating every day for the rest of your life in order to have a nice body? Nobody. So it's really about really discovering in yourself what foods work for you. And then the other tip I'm going to give you, which is huge and made a huge difference for me and, and the lives of a lot of my clients, is the idea of chewing your food to a paste before you swallow. Oh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that because <laughs> I went I went on this cruise. Um, I did a book signing on the holistic holiday at Sea Cruise. This was like two years ago. Fun. And yeah, it was it was a blast. And we had all the major speakers on there. We had Michael Greger, Dr. Michael Greger, who I'm just in love with, Dr. Campbell. They were all there speaking. And mm-hmm. I forgot who it was that just made this point about how important it is to chew your food to a paste before you swallow it. And this was two years ago for me. And I, that just, for some reason, that's what I took away from that whole cruise. And it changed my life. And what does to like, a pace mean? That's a lot I mean, of like, chews. Like, I, I know. That's a lot of chews. I it's mean, a lot of chews. It's, it's approximately 30. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. And if you start to notice, like, you just start to be aware. And, and you probably will after we have this conversation. Because it seems so silly. But it's, it's so different when you actually start to do it. And the amount of time it all of a sudden takes you to eat a meal like doubles or triples. How did you come up and with 30? Well, I, that's what they said. That's what she said. I, I, I know, I've, I've known about this. I've heard of this. Like the more the, like you have, like, first of all, you, you, your saliva has enzymes that yes. are almost, pre- that are yes. pre-digesting yeah. so that your, exactly. in, your stomach doesn't have to do all the work. And we, we don't do that in the United States. Mm-hmm. We chew, I've seen my husband do it. Chew, chew, swallow. Yeah. 
Yep. And it's take the next bite as right, soon as possible. Right, right. As soon as you put it in your mouth, your eyes are on your next bite. Right, which is kind of culturally how we are anyway. It's to the next thing, to the next well, thing. Well, it's because we have to go get on that conference call or go do that next errand or whatever it is because we're these quick moving, you right. know, fast paced society people. Right. But in if general. you chew slowly and you taste the food and you enjoy it, you eat, you wind up eating less. You, you, you also, your body will tell you it's satiated, it's full sooner. Because if you're chewing, if you chew, chew, swallow, you're gonna, you can, I did this the other night. Oh my God. I did this the other night. <laughs> I had we some, all do it all the time. I had some delicious Korean food and I was, I was hungry and I was eating too fast and then I had a tummy ache. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sorry, go on. So we're talking about chewing to a paste. <laughs> no, you guys, you guys got it. You're exactly you're like, you're hitting home exactly what I'm talking about. It's, it's like, we don't do that and we don't even notice we're not doing it. And then yes, we overstuff ourselves because by the time we realize we're full, it's 20 minutes later, like the food hasn't even gotten to the bottom of our stomachs yet. No. So 20 minutes later, we're like stuffed. I mean, we talk about being stuffed in this country so much. And it's no, nobody likes to be stuffed. It's not a really good feeling to no. have. But it's like we don't have those tools to stop when we're supposed to stop. And I'm telling you, if you focus on chewing your food, number one, you appreciate the food. Mm-hmm. You taste the food. All of a sudden, you're eating mindfully, which is that sounds a very generic thing to say. But if you say okay, but I'm just going to focus on chewing my food. That's going to turn you into a mindful eater. Oh, I was just going to say, and also not doing anything else while you're eating. Mm -hmm. Not watching TV, reading, being on your phone, being on Facebook. If you're with friends or family, Mm -hmm. be with them. If you're alone, just be mindful, as you're saying, like like taking in the food, and that's what you're doing. That's actually, don't do it while you're driving. Don't do it while you're working. (laughs) Like, take the time to sit with your food and be mindful with it. And Susie, I think you actually taught me this on one of our podcast episodes. I forget which one, but it was about, there was a book about how French women don't get fat. Yes. And it was one of the reasons was because they (laughs) ate and they took two hours to eat meals in the middle of the day with friends, families, coworkers, what have you. And so that's mindful eating, even if you're in a group setting, because you're appreciating the food, they're appreciating each other. Actually more healthy to eat with friends Mm -hmm. and family. Mm -hmm. That's the way we're meant to be it makes sense mm-hmm. um community yeah we're not meant to be so solitary i read a, a, another book recently that reinforced this it was called sex before dawn mm-hmm. and it goes all over that the place good. yeah <laughs> <laughs> do it but it it was talking about how you know we're not meant to be solitary we're not, we were we were raised in, in groups and communities and clans and that's how we evolved and now we're we've evolved away from that but it is very important to eat with people if you can and in the blue zones where people live to be over 100 years old, one of the common denominators is community. They never eat alone. Yeah. First of all, mm-hmm. cooking and preparing food is, a, is everybody's involved, mm-hmm. you know, and then and it's a celebratory thing. Yeah. And now we live these, a lot of people live these solitary lifestyles where they're mm-hmm. eating alone or they're eating at their desks mm-hmm. in the middle of the day. In the or middle in their of car. I've eaten in the car. I've eaten in the car. Okay. Um, so that's no we're all guilty of it and I was just I was just telling you guys I was in Europe um, for almost a month Mm -hmm. just recently and and wow I mean most the majority of people don't even own TVs they don't think about going home after work to sit down and watch TV and and eat TV dinners it's like it's a whole different culture and I think you know a big reason why we're such an obese nation is that we do have this habit of oh work's done oh good I get to go home and like veg you know, yep. veg on the couch and, and watch TV and be solitary and just mindlessly eat to get rid of the day's 
you know, whatever's on my mind for the day. And, and that culture, if we can get out of that routine, out of that habit, it is just a routine and a habit that we have that is possible to get out of. And yeah. I totally agree. And this is a whole other episode, but that's why I ask anyone to question if that is what you look forward to at the end of your day is getting home and eating and watching TV. And that's, look, once in a while, fine, whatever. But if that's a regular day-to-day thing, then look at your life and go, what do I need to change? That's why Susie, Roxy, I, Ella, probably you two are entrepreneurs because we're doing what we love. And so we don't need to come home and go, oh my God, I have to recover from my horrible day, from my horrible boss whatever. Not that that doesn't happen to us too, please. No, we have other problems. Well, we have other problems, but <laughs> it doesn't mean that day in and day out, I'm looking forward to what I'm having to dinner for dinner and watching TV at night, yeah. you yeah. know? You know, I feel like people are going to come to this episode and be like, oh, what's she going to tell me in five minutes? I'm going to know what to do and I'm tomorrow I'll go do it. But, you know, unfortunately it is a lifestyle. Abs are a lifestyle unless you're going to deprive yourself and be like a bodybuilder diet and eat chicken and broccoli every day for the rest of your life. Like to make it into a lifestyle, it's like a, a vegan abs lifestyle, but you find the balance that's right for you. So it, it, it's the exercise, but it, even more importantly, it's the diet and staying hydrated is just one more, like these little things, chewing your food and drinking a ton of water, flushing out your system every day, waiting 12 hours in between dinner and breakfast mm-hmm. um, to have a full 12 hours to let your body really fully digest all the food that's in your system, push it through and kind of start fresh in the morning um, when it comes to like some very simple, solid things to do, but that you need to be mindful about doing. Um, I would say it's the, the staying hydrated, the chewing your food to a paste, waiting 12 hours between dinner and breakfast, and then getting in your workouts, always focusing on your core. So even when you're doing cardio workouts, you're really focusing on sucking your belly button in towards your spine and you're really holding everything in really tight. So, so everything's an ab workout if you, if you hold your core in tight while you're doing that workout. And all of my workout teachers stress that so hardcore. So if you have a good class that you take, then they're going to guide you how to th- how to do that. When I'm on my own, I don't do it as well because I don't have someone telling me. I personally need the teacher telling me like, you know, how to breathe and how to do exactly what you were talking about earlier, how to do the opposite of exercise of everything I'm doing to balance out the back and the abs and all of that kind of, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I take these Pilates and yoga classes, primarily Pilates reformer, and they teach us how to do those things. But if I didn't have that yeah. teaching, I wouldn't know. I would have no idea I'd be doing it all wrong. I'm sure I was doing it all wrong before the first half of my life, you know? Yeah, no, I'm a big class proponent. You find good classes, good teachers, and, you know, that's what they're there for. That's what we're here for is to remind you of those things that you would not, you would not otherwise know. Yeah, and that's something for me it's worth investing in because I will do so much more in a class than I will on my own. That's just my own personal. Some people can do it on their own. I'm just not one of those people. I vacillate. Sometimes I can and sometimes I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, me yeah. too. But in I general. used to have two trainers. I had one good cop and one bad cop. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I would go in between them. One I knew I could not. My bad cop. Yeah. I'd start chatting with him. He's like, why are you talking? <laughs> Get on that treadmill. <laughs> and the other one, I'd be like, so how's your wife? He'd be like, oh, she's good. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. That's hilarious. So find your awesome. bad cop. Or have both. I think it's good to have both. have both. Because if I do something hardcore yeah. too many days in a row, I am not happy. So for me, I need those breaks. Yeah. I need the good. No, when you need the recovery is just as important as, as the actual workout. Yeah. If you're not letting your body recover. I mean, I, I always say if you're not if you're not sore from a workout, 
you didn't make much changes. You might have burned some calories, but you're not really making changes to your body. You need to feel that soreness, but you also need to let that heal because if you go and break down that muscle tissue all over again, say, oh, I'm going to be hardcore. I'm going to go, you know, I don't care if I'm sore. I'm going to go work out as hard today then you're breaking down already broken down tissue and it, it just doesn't even work like that. So no, that's a really do, do you good know tip. what I mean? Yeah. I didn't know. I, I used to not know that. And I remember learning that yeah. a few years ago and being like, okay, so I was in a hardcore phase and I was like, you know what? I actually need to relax a little bit because if I'm sore yeah. as hell every single day and then doing it all over again, I'm actually doing more damage than good. So I had to learn that the wrong way. So thank you for yeah, that. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on the same page. So I want to go quickly back to one thing you said about the 12 hours between eating. Mm-hmm. And one thing that works well for me, I've noticed and makes me feel better is, you know, some people call it intermittent fasting, but I'll actually try yeah. to go 14 to 16 hours between uh, dinner and breakfast. So some people need breakfast first thing in the morning. If that's you, I'm not going to tell you to change your ways. For me, the longer I wait to eat, the better I feel. That Mm -hmm. is, for me, having that fasting period, I believe my body needs more time to digest, regenerate, fast, do all of the things that it needs to do. That works for me. Some people swear by it. Some people need that food all the time. They have low blood sugar. So look at both and see what works for you. Yeah, it's it's a really individual thing. I mean, I think everybody does good with with a a certain amount of fasting over the, the night to do that. But yeah, some people like you said, are, are really good to wait even longer and let their body really flush out um, before starting over again. Other people get up and they're like, I can't go work out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass out if I don't have a piece of fruit at least or something. So, so it's, it's really about finding what works for your body and, and then putting that into play. Perfect. All right. You want to leave us with your flat tummy tabbouleh salad recipe? It's a quinoa. I call it the quinoa flat tummy tabbouleh salad. We've got obviously quinoa, uh, extra virgin olive oil, lime juice, sea salt, black pepper, uh, diced tomato, diced cucumber, uh, red onion, bell pepper, Italian parsley, and mint leaves, and salad greens. I like to put it on top of salad greens, but that's optional. Um, And that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm all about the easy, quick, you know, really nutrient-dense meals. And this one you can can put and take for lunch, like, days in a row. It stays good in the fridge for many days. It's nutrient-packed. And again, chew it to a pace get those digestive enzymes working. And that recipe is from your beautiful book. Give your book a shout out and tell everyone where they can find you online. It is uh, six weeks to sexy abs meal plan. So it's a six week meal plan with over a hundred really simple, easy to follow recipes to go with it. Um, You can find it through my website, sexyfitvegan.com along with my coaching programs as well. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being here, Ella. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Ella. My pleasure, ladies. I will talk to you again soon. Susie, can you believe that we grew up in the same town and actually went to high school together but never met? I think that's crazy, but I also think it's even more interesting. On top of that, because that's a huge just coincidence, right? But I think it's even funnier that I've never met Ella, but I know of her when I saw her face on her book. I was like, oh my God. I know of her. She yeah. was a fitness model in one of my favorite workout programs, the Brazilian Butt Lift. <laughs> uh, it was in many of the many of the different uh, recorded workouts that they have. So she knows her stuff. She was, she's been doing it for a while. Yeah, we both I mean, have a connection she, to her. I thought that was so interesting. It is so interesting. We come from totally different places. Well, North Carolina and New York. They're both East Coast. And Ella is also East Coast. She's in Florida. And now Susie and I meet in LA and then we both have a connection to her. I just think it's, you know, six degrees of separation. It's fascinating. 
Totally. And we are going to answer your questions next week. We got a question about how to tone your booty. So we asked Ella to answer it. So that will be in next week's episode. Now we're going to talk to JJ Flazanes. She's back to bust some common exercise myths. And we're going to learn about how to exercise efficiently. And we're even going to cover how your astrological sign can affect your workout style. I love this. This is even far out for me. And I love all of this stuff. I love astrology. I I love people's (laughs) signs. I love analyzing them and applying them to relationships. But this even for me, I was like, what? Come on. After we talked to her, I was like, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it totally does. I know for me, she said, you know, Sagittarius is they have to move. If they don't move, it turns like into this like unused energy and it creates anxiety and depression. And I feel that. And it doesn't mean that I'm not like a hardcore person that has to work out for four hours a day or do really intense workouts. That's actually not me, but I have to move. And then for me, she said, people like me, air signs, don't want to track things they don't want to write things down that's totally true yeah i would just be like no next so So you will not write a food journal not i wouldn't stick to it you know i i just it doesn't make i don't know it's it just feels like one more thing to do well i think it's great how she meets her clients where where they are because when you're trying to transform you have to do what works for you so if I would write a food journal, but if Susie wouldn't, it's like, don't force that. Right, but you also have to make changes because you're changing the way you eat, the way you move. You're changing your body. If you want to change your body, you still have to make some some changes, right? So Totally. And as JJ says, if you're going to spend time exercising, make it count. Smart exercise is focused, carefully structured exercise that is safe for your joints, effective in building muscle or burning calories, and including a neurological component of control, muscle activation, and is well-rounded to work all muscles over time and increase balance. Welcome back, JJ. Thank you, ladies. Happy to be here. Let's talk about exercise. Let's talk about exercise. Exercise is one of those areas where, you know, somebody says, oh, you want to be more fit, lose weight, just exercise more. Or your doctor says, you want to get healthier, exercise more. Exercise or go exercise more is not enough information. Generally speaking for life, moving your 300 muscles and your over 200 bones, and you have more than 300 muscles, but let's just for simplicity's sake, say you have over 300 muscles and over 200 bones. We are built to move, not sit. So let's just say you do something, you walk around the block and you think, you know what? That's something is better than nothing. Absolutely. There's no problem with that. But the reality of it is a lot of people exercise and do something that's better than nothing, which means it's nothing specific. It's whatever they felt that day. There's no plan. There's no science. There's no projection. And then all of a sudden, but I expect everything from it. I expect to get lots of results because I quote unquote did exercise. There's something in the fitness industry called, it's the SAID response, S-A-I-D, specific adaptation to impose demands. Let's say I take weights in my hands and I start doing a bicep curl. Do you think you're going to all of a sudden get a six pack of abs from doing a bicep curl? No, that's ridiculous. Right. So again, specific adaptation to impose demands. You're going to get results and you're going to get better at what you practice, what you add resistance to, what you do often. When you have specific goals of releasing weight, of losing body fat, of increasing your metabolism, of getting 
more what what people would call toned what I'm going to call lean get leaner so you can see more muscle definition and you get rid of some body fat if you have specific very specific goals for your body you also need the same kind of specific exercises to help you get there and a lot of people just they pick a exercise based on sort of the comfort level or the desire because that's a place to start and there's nothing really wrong with that as long as you dial back your expectations understand what the exercise is supposed to do for you. Learn a little bit, ask some questions, ask yourself, what am I supposed to get from this exercise? What kind of things are going to happen to my body? So that way you're, you can be realistic about your expectations and what you can expect to get. And then when you don't get it, you know where to go next or how to increase. Because like I said about the said principle, specific adaptation for imposed demands, we all with exercise have we adapt that's that's the whole point of exercise you take your body right now and you add some kind of movement with either resistance or not duration there's lots of different principles like frequency intensity time and type it's duration you add these things in and then you basically challenge your body into a new state into a let's say out of your comfort zone so to speak and from point a to point b your body will shift and change as it needs to in order for you to get better at more capable at doing the new environment and handling the new environment so whatever that means let's take somebody who doesn't do any fitness and decides they're going to go on a walking program and they get off the couch and out of their work and they decide I'm going to go walking every day for 30 minutes or five days a week for 30 minutes okay so that first week to two weeks there's going to be a little bit of muscle being built a little bit of endurance being created maybe there'll be a little bit of weight loss there'll be a better circulation there's going to be a cardiovascular improvement maybe you're going to sleep better maybe your stress level is going to go down there might be some weight loss maybe maybe not not necessarily then at week about four or five your body has now adapted to walking five days a week for 30 minutes. And unless you change something about that, because now your body is good, like it's strong enough, it's, it has enough endurance to handle five days a week at 30 minutes on your walk, it doesn't need to change anymore. So without increasing or changing the exercise to make your body adapt to a new level, there's no more change going to happen. Yeah, and that's a big thing that I actually love doing this. I love changing up my workouts. People get stuck in a rut or maybe they're with the same personal trainer doing the same thing for too long or you're taking that same class for too long, your body adapts and then it doesn't, there's no more results to be seen. I know you used an example in your book about someone who was frustrated because, you know, they weren't exercising the right way and it's in the myth about which was another myth that was interesting to me because we're always told and I still think this cardio burns fat we always want to be in this fat burning mode right that's what all the you know the classes and here in LA are like booty burning fat burning you know workouts and um, my question is does cardio burn fat and is there something better because it's one of the myths in your book so we have two main sources of, of fuel or energy through workouts. Okay, one, and, and the same thing goes for our muscle fibers. We've got lots of different muscle fibers and some handle, they're called glycolic or oxidative, which basically means we're using glucose as an energy source or oxygen helps as an energy source. Not as an energy source, but as a fuel source, it keeps us going. The more glycolic is more when you're using glucose is when you're doing things like strength training. And the more oxidative is when you're doing more slow twitch things like long distance sports or running or basically most of our cardio. So when it comes to our bodies and how we burn fat, first of all, there's this is there's a couple different layers to this and even a layer that I didn't add into the book. You know, your food 
how you eat, how much glucose you have in your bloodstream at any given time will also affect your body's ability to use fat as a substrate in your exercise. But generally speaking, when we're doing cardio, we are using more oxygen than we are using glucose in our system. I mean, we're using glucose in our system, but we may or may not, because we may have too much glucose in our system, we may or may not pull or utilize any of the fat that we have. We do use some, but it's been studied basically that the lower levels of intensity use more of our fat stores. And the reason why this is important to understand it's because the reason why when you go on a piece of cardio equipment, you see that there's a fat burning zone and then there's a cardio zone, right? So the fat burning zone came out of that idea that like right now, as we all sit and record this show, we are all burning more of our calories from fat than we are from glucose, which you might think that's great news. So basically that means, could I just sit all day and be burning fat all day? <laughs> and the reality of it is Please no. Please tell me the answer is yes. <laughs> I wish, I wish, right? The reality is that we're not burning enough calories to make a big dent in that. So if we just look at calories, which I don't always like to do because we're not bank accounts, we're chemistry labs, but let's just say, for instance, um, we have somebody working in a fat burning zone. And let's just say for simplicity of math, that 50% of the calories in the fat burning zone are coming from fat. And let's say in the fat burning zone, I work out for 30 minutes in my fat burning zone and I burn a total of 200 calories and 100 of them came from fat. Well, let's look now at what happens to the body and that we use our glucose stores more and then we still burn fat in a higher range in the quote unquote cardio zone. So let's say the same amount of time for 30 minutes in a quote unquote cardio zone, now I'm burning 300 calories as opposed to 200, but now I'm only burning 120 calories that's coming from fat. The percentage of the fat calories are less, but the total is still more. So that's where this fat burning zone came from. So first and foremost, a lot of people doing cardio are trying to stay in a fat burning zone, which means you're burning less calories and less calories from fat in total anyway, because you're told you're supposed to work less hard. Does cardio burn fat? Yes. Is cardio the best way to burn fat? No. And the reason is it's like your short and long-term investment strategies. And not that I'm a huge investor or money person that way, but we all understand that idea. In a short-term investment, you expect a return right away. In a long-term investment, you expect that it's going to be down the line. It's going to be bigger because it was like slow and steady. When it comes to cardio, cardio is like your short-term investment. You expect a result right away. You only get results when you do it. You only burn calories. You only increase your cardiovascular system when you do the actual exercise. Now, resistance training, on the other hand, is a long-term investment strategy for your body because as you add more active tissue in the form of muscle, and when I say that, I know, I know some of you are thinking bodybuilder. That is not where I'm going with this. Here's the thing for me personally, I know that lifting weights for me, because I come from strong Eastern European stock, if I lift weights, even light weights, because I don't go for heavy, heavy weights, but even light weights, my muscles pop out they, they very, very quickly. So I always feel like I have to monitor, even though I still do them, I like them. I like having strong muscles. But this one, I would, you know, I would think like, yes, lifting weights will make me bulky because for me, it actually does. 
I know that's not true for everybody, and I don't. I don't. I'm not saying people shouldn't be lifting weights, but I have noticed that. Like for me, it like makes me into like a Eastern European gymnast. I wish <laughs> I had that problem, and most people wish they had that problem, because that means you're you adapt very quickly. You have more probably type to be muscle fibers in your body, and that's actually really good news because that means that you will be able to maintain a higher metabolism for a longer period of time. And you probably won't need in the future as quickly as the rest of us some bioidentical hormones because you won't lose your muscle as quickly because you have access to building them quickly. Now, it doesn't mean Yay, you're not going to. Susie. It doesn't mean you're not going <laughs> to suffer some of that, though. So don't take that for granted and don't stay away from weights for that reason. No, and I never will because I know the importance of it, especially also for bone density. So jealous of that. So for the rest of us, which is the greater majority of us, you your metabolism is made up of many systems, your endocrine system, which is your hormones. But let's just work with the ones that we actually can do something about on a regular basis, your nervous system and your muscular system. I like to compare cars. So for instance, which car has a bigger gas tank, a Hummer or an Escort? A Hummer. <laughs> a Hummer. Why is that? Because it's a bigger car. Right. It's a bigger car. It's got more metal. It's got more muscle. The more active tissue you have, the more energy you need. Energy equals calories. Calories equal food. <laughs> so the more active tissue you have, the more you can eat. That's the benefit. And the higher your metabolism is, the higher your resting metabolism is. So the long-term strategy here is not to fluctuate up and down, not to worry about, oh my God, I didn't get in my calorie burning, quote unquote, for the day by doing cardio today. Because if I don't do it today, I get no benefit. When you do resistance training, over time, you're building a stronger foundation. You're keeping your metabolism higher. And the higher your resting metabolism is, again, the more you get to eat. And you don't have to worry about eating less because you have a high metabolism. You need lots of energy. Can resistance training be weights? Can it be resistance bands? Can it be different forms, of, obviously, of resistance as opposed to just weightlifting? Absolutely. One of the beautiful things about physics and resistance is the fact that your body, your muscles have no idea what you're pulling or lifting or <laughs> working against. So whether you have a weight in your hand or a piece of tubing or the freaking wind, it doesn't have any idea. Your muscle has no idea what's in your hand. So resistance can come in many different forms. The trick is to finding the intensity that's enough to build muscle. It kind of reminds me of in the book when you say your body is not a math equation. It's a chemistry lab. So can you expand on what that means? Most people are calorie counting. And the problem with calorie counting is that our bodies don't respond to all calories the same way. And if you do the math on sort of, you know, the calorie counting method, at some point it stops working. It's partly your hormones and it's partly how you respond to both exercise and to food. So it takes more energy for your body to break fiber down than it does for you to break sugar down. There's no effort in breaking sugar down. But yet sugar, because of its simplicity and how it gets digested and how it increases insulin, if you aren't using that sugar once it gets converted into glucose, it gets stored in the body. And it gets stored in the body as fat. But so it doesn't matter if it was five or 10 calories, if you didn't use it because of how quickly it got processed and your, your body didn't need to replace any glycogen stores in your muscles, then that five calories or 10 calories of sugar is going to get stored as fat, not necessarily used. When we eat fat, fat takes a lot longer to break down as well. You get metabolic fuel happening, thermogenic fuel, the calories that we use in breaking down foods, there's like an exhaust. It like takes work to break down certain foods. And the more we work at breaking down our foods, the more calories we use in our digestive process. 
When you have something that stimulates insulin, when you have something that's really easily broken down very quickly and gets absorbed into the body, then we better need it. Otherwise, we're going to store it. So when it comes to the body being a chemistry lab, we can't take, you know, that whole calorie counting thing doesn't take into consideration your changing metabolism. When a lot of people lose weight, you actually lower your metabolism, unless you're adding in active tissue, aka muscle. And even then, sometimes you're still going to you're, you're going to decrease your metabolism in general because you're stronger and you're more able to easily move around and you're not going to need as much energy to do those things. So that's where the, the calorie counting doesn't work out in the long run. And we have to always take into consideration where you are now. What's your metabolism? What's your resting metabolism? What's your body fat percentage? How much muscle mass do you have? How much active tissue do you really have? And we can find out some of these things somewhat easily something you can go to a center and get certain tests done that will tell you more accurately but you can take a simple body fat composition test one thing that really resonated with me is you say okay first of all metabolism has always had so many myths surrounding it and people say all these different things about it but basically you just broke it down it's like okay if i have lost or I'm in the process of losing weight. The only way to make sure that my metabolism doesn't slow down is to make sure that I'm still doing that weight-bearing exercise. So that's really interesting, and that makes sense because we know that we burn more calories at rest when we have more muscle. So that just was kind of like an aha moment because I was like, oh, now I understand how this all works together because they always say okay, you burn more when you're sitting down if you have more muscle, but I never really understood that, but that makes sense. So let's move away from the myths really quick because I have this question for you. I know that you're big on astrology and you taught me about my rising sign and kind of convinced me that maybe there was more to it than I was like willing to believe. So how does our astrological sign affect our workout routines and weight loss goals? Awesome question. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, so this is even far out for me. And I love astrology. Go ahead, Jane. Yeah, you love it more than I do. So let's see. Let's see if you agree. I've just never thought of it in this way. Go ahead. (laughs) So I, for a long time with my clients, like I know everyone's sign. And I ask upon meeting because I want to know. And I've only, for so many years, I've only done it for me, where I am then taking that personality, those energies into consideration when I'm creating a program or I'm making suggestions. And only recently in the last maybe year have I actually been selling it like that. Like I'm actually using astrology on the very first session to put sort of the umbrella upon the whole thing. And here's the reason why. Because all different elements, there's only four elements in astrology, earth, air, water, and fire. And all of those elements have an energy to them, have a feeling tone to them, have habits and patterns and preferences. So for instance, all the earth signs love stability. They love routine. And that's really important for an earth sign. That's Taurus, Capricorn, and Virgo. Fire signs, Allie. Fire is energy, movement. People that have a lot of fire in them need to move. Like it's not a question of should or should I not do exercise? No, it's you need to be moving. Allie, you should be running in place right now. (laughs) I know. I mean, why aren't I on a treadmill while I'm doing the podcast? (laughs) Fire is energy and it's movement. And if we're not letting our bodies create that movement and do that movement, then we're internalizing it. It's becoming anxiety. It's becoming pent up stress. It's becoming, you know, people tap their fingers or they're constantly tapping their foot on the ground, right? What is that nervous energy? It's not that it's just nervous Mm -hmm. energy. It's unused energy. So someone that's got a lot of fire in them needs to use their energy in a physical Mm -hmm. way. Otherwise, it becomes mental and emotional, and that can be very detrimental. 
fire uh, water signs and air signs are all going to need different things so for when it when it comes to using astrology how does that affect someone's you know weight loss or someone's programming well for me how i use it and how i recommend other people take into consideration if you're trying to fit yourself into someone else's program and that person has traits and characteristics and personalities that aren't yours it's probably not going to work because it doesn't fit your energy. It doesn't fit your habits. It's like, you know, I mentioned that earth signs love to have stability. Some of them like to do spreadsheets and track things. And maybe like a water sign or an air sign are like, oh God, no. Oh, that's too, that's too constraining. I can't even think about logging my food. That's, oh no, no, no. I'd never do that. So you can't ask someone who will, won't do that as part of their personality to do something like that. Otherwise, they're going to have a negative response. They're not going to do it. They're going to quit. And then they're going to say, well, this didn't work for me. Well, it didn't work for you because it didn't align with your energy. Yeah, you know, all of this stuff is so individualized because there are some things, like you said, some people will never do that. Some people will never do certain things. You have to meet them where you are. And if it's if you are working with someone or if it's just you, it's like, okay, what resonates with you and how what is the best path for you it's just so individual and I think even thinking about the signs is fascinating because it's part of our personalities right yeah I mean can you guys think of something that that you have tried that absolutely was never going to work because you'll never do that but maybe the other one it works for because that's their personality Yes, I cannot stand being in a hot yoga room or a hot Pilates room. I've tried both and I've hated it because I've always almost passed out, which I don't feel good and it doesn't and it feels like why am I going to put my body at risk? I want to do things that my body feels good doing, not things that makes it feel like it needs to shut down. And I keep trying it over and over throughout my life because someone swears by it. And they look fabulous or they're feeling bad or whatever. So I'm like, I'll try it again. And every time I hate it. So I'm done. I'm done, people. No hot yoga for me. Don't invite me. I'm not coming. It's actually not really good for you anyway. It's not. It's no, totally it's not, not at all. It's not at all. It your muscles. Right. So you have, you have, can I talk about this for a second for those of you that are doing it? And if you love it, that's fine. Do it. But just don't be surprised if in the future you get an injury. And you're like, how did that happen? Well, because the heat overrides your pain sensation and it gives you a false sense of stretching and flexibility because you're actually like being warmed up by the heat, but it's not neurologically connected to your brain. And so because you actually didn't warm up your muscles through your your brain connection, they can't give you the signal they need because they've been over override it with the heat. And now you're all gooey and your body doesn't say, hey, this is too much for me until, and it doesn't mean it's not tearing. It's absolutely still tearing. It just, you don't get that pain sensation until your body cools down. It restricts your blood cells, it restricts your, you know, your ability to get blood as well as it masks your body's pain sensations for telling you when too much is too much and what you're capable of and what you're not. So anyway, it's not, none of it's good for you, but I know people love it. Sorry to be the bearer of bad tidings, but you know, be careful when you're doing it. Do not push past. If your body gives you an intuitive hit to stop, listen, because if you override it and push past that, you will get injured and then you won't be doing it anymore. And then you'll be having to heal that and then you won't get to exercise then because you're not exercising you may you know gain some weight back fall or you may wagon. not fall out right and that's you know injury i'm so I'm such a stickler on that because you know injury will stop you and why who, nobody should be getting injured doing exercise properly sorry you just it's not part of my mentality that you go into something and then you get injured if it's not smart and it doesn't help you and if it doesn't further every part of you and it's too risky 
then that's just a risk I'm not willing to take. So that's how I feel. No, I'm with you. And I appreciate you saying that because I have felt that way. And there's such a a culture in these classes that I take. And I hope they're not like this everywhere. But in the ones that I have, where it feels like you're failing if you don't keep pushing yourself because everyone in that room is like, you know, basically doing a split. They're so wide open and they're so stretched out and you feel um, inferior if you're not. But I'm just like, I have to lay down on the mat and take a break here. Um, It's just not for me. So thanks for breaking that down, JJ. And I know you have all of the myths, 10 myths laid out in your book. So if anyone wants to read about the rest of the myths, JJ, tell everyone how they can get your book, what your special offer for Food Heals Nation is, all that good stuff. You can get the book through foodhealsnation.com forward slash JJ as part of the first 10 people who are interested in doing a transformation. So this is really only for people who are really serious about true transformation. And that means mind, body, and soul, because that's my brand. And that's Food Heals Nation. Uh, For the first 10 people, you get to work with me personally once a month while you're on the program and there's a five-month program that actually takes you through step by step every single secret in the book you go through everything from food to exercise to hormones to the emotional root cause of your behaviors and your habits and your patterns and what sabotages you over and over again if food is what you use to soothe yourself and then of course we wrap it up on the end with what you need to maintain and really truly live this kind of lifestyle what needs to change what needs to be shifted for you in order for you to have this and so it's for the first 10 people you get the five month transformation program you get a session a month with me you get a bunch of bonuses you get the book you get my fit to love book and then Susie and Allie you guys have bonuses too Yes, um, we do. Before we get to our bonuses, I just want to ask you a question. What is your coaching style? Because right now I'm feeling like this is tough love. Like, tell us about your style, how you help people work through this stuff. Good cop or bad cop? (laughs) I'm good cop and I'm empowering. And that's why I call myself an empowerment strategist because I'm factual in my very sad delivery, right? Like, so A plus B equals C kind of thing, right? So here's what you want. And there are multiple ways to kind of get what you want. It's figuring out what's right for you. And that's part where the astrology comes in. So I'm glad you asked about the astrology because I would coach both of you very differently. It would need to fit your personality. It would need to feel like it's easy to do, not something that's hard to do. I want you to get to a place where whatever the suggestion is, whatever the the things that we would talk about to make changes feel like, oh, I can do that. Not the, oh my God, I have to do that. I can't do that. Okay, that is not the goal because then that's not what's going to make true change. And true change has to happen over the course of time. And one of the things I really don't like about the fitness industry is the shame part of it. And so I don't shame anybody, but I give it to you in facts. I give it to you in facts. I support where you are and I meet you where you are. But I really only want to work with people who want to take the whole package and take the whole journey. Does that mean my expectations, you have to perform for me? Absolutely not. I've learned a long time ago, anyone in the service industry deals with and has gets presented with lessons that you have to deal with your own projection onto your clients. So it's not about whether you succeed for me or not. It's about whether you succeed for you. And my job at every corner is to help you understand and want to make yourself a priority from a place of love and not from a place of shame. And I want to empower you to make every choice based on that you love yourself, you respect yourself, yourself and you're not going to do it unless you love and respect yourself beautiful so get all the information at foodhealsnation.com slash jj jj thanks again so much for being here thanks guys 
All right, I hope you enjoyed our exercise episode. If you have struggled with your body and are unable to shed those pounds for good, don't forget JJ wants to help in her five-month invisible fitness formula transformation that you've heard us talking about in the last few episodes. You're going to learn all about the holistic approach to healing your relationship with yourself. And that's by balancing science and emotions. And when you do that, you begin to transform your body as a result. Each week, you're going to get a new lesson where you will learn how to release the weight and experience true happiness and deep fulfillment without starving or depriving yourself or working out seven days a week. Unless you want to work out seven Unless days a week. Unless you want to. But you don't have to. <laughs> In the program, you're going to learn how to gain inner peace and self-acceptance that acts as a catalyst for change. So important. How to feel at home in your body, which brings you peace and happiness, energy and vitality. Strategies that increase your metabolism and allow you to burn more calories at rest. And we talked a little bit about this today, but she really dives deeper into the metabolism debacle because that's something I've always read. There's too much misinformation out there about metabolism. And so she really breaks it down. Well, it's and it's so individual. It's so dependent upon your body. Yeah. Um, you're also going to learn where to find answers about why you have trouble sleeping, why you experience brain fog, feel stressed, anxious, or sluggish, and how to eat to repair these problems naturally. How to slow down the aging process naturally. A process for identifying the root causes of your addictive behaviors, problem solve those behaviors in a healthy way, and break free of them so you can live healthily and happily. Healthily and happily. That's what we're all about. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's so much more. You can sign up at foodhealsnation.com slash JJ. During those five months of training with JJ, you're also going to get five months of never before heard podcast episodes in our Food Heals VIP club. So some of those episodes are like emotional freedom technique, tapping trauma away with Susie Hardy. And Susie, you led me through this trauma releasing tapping program before I even started my tapping practice. And this was a while ago. And now I'm fully doing this on a regular basis. So thank and it's you amazing, for though, right? Me. Because you felt yeah, you felt differently, even from that one session. Tapping is truly mar- miraculous. I love it. I think it's so simple and very effective. And how often do you do it now? I know we're off topic, but I just I'm curious. Uh, you know, I do it when I feel the need. I, when I feel mm-hmm. kind of, I sometimes experience anxiety I have throughout my adult life. And I use that as a tool when I feel anxious or panicky and totally works. It does work. And I'm doing it now once a week with my tapping coach. It's just the same as if you were going to therapy once a week. We meet once a week. We work on the issues that we've been working on for a long time. We clear some and then when new ones crop up. And so it's like a continual ongoing healing process. But I've let a lot of stuff go in the tapping process. So I do it once a week with her. And then I have the tools, just like Susie said, like at my disposal when I need them, when I'm in a situation. So it's really, really fascinating. So that's a great episode that you're going to get as a bonus. What else? What else? Are they you're going to get how to supercharge your manifestation process with the lovely Alita McDaniel. So, okay, I'm going to side note again. Dan just, my husband bought a copy of The Secret, you know, a digital copy on iTunes or whatever. And he was like, you know, I want to manifest some stuff. Let's watch this. And I'm like, I've seen this movie 20 times, but of course I will watch it with you because it never gets old. You always get inspired. Well, not only that, but sometimes you can manifest as a couple. Ooh, that's a good idea. That's what Mike and I do. You can manifest things on your own. And then as a couple, what do you want to create together? You know, and this can include your house or decor or a new pet or a baby or a car or, you know, things that you guys will do together. I mean, two people manifesting is more powerful than one, right? Yes. You're inspiring me right now. I'm like, what should Dan and I manifest together? Mm -hmm. You guys should have (laughs) a couple's 
vision board, not just your own. Oh my gosh, that's mm-hmm. such a good idea. Thanks. <laughs> I'm getting really excited. <laughs> well, we didn't put that in the episode, but Alita is the leader in this space. Like whenever I need motivation, I just go back and listen to one of her episodes. So that's awesome. I really like your idea. So you're going to get how to supercharge your manifestation process in the Food Heals VIP Club. You're also going to get... Wait, you're also going to get how to make an apple pie skinny smoothie with the lovely Allison Melody. Oh, that's me. I love my smoothie. And so much more. So make a commitment today to join us for the next five months of transformation. Go to foodhealsnation.com slash JJ to enroll today. See you next time. Bye-bye. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately.